Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Be Better Tomorrow. I am your host, Jason Fisher. Glad to have you back with us. We've got a ton of new listeners joining, and I want to just take a second to say thank you and hello to all of you. It's been great to hear from you, to hear all the questions you've been asking, as well as the compliments you had on the How to Have a Better Conversation podcast. I've heard good things from a lot of folks. A lot of people know somebody just like that, and a few people even recognize that in themselves. So thanks for listening. I think if you listen to just a few episodes of the show, you'll start to recognize some places where you can improve, and hopefully we can all just be a little bit better tomorrow. Got some really exciting stuff coming up for you over the next couple of months. An interview next month with Larry English, the president of Centric Consulting and author of the book Office Optional. Um, how to have a great culture. I forget the subtitle exactly, but <laughs> it's really how to have a great culture when we're all working remotely. Centric has been a remote company since its inception 20 years ago and has one of the best cultures I've ever worked for. So yes, Larry is actually my boss's 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 boss. I think there's less layers than that between us, but he's, he's a great guy. And uh, I love the idea of this book, loved reading it. And I think you'll enjoy it as well as we try to figure out how to maintain our sanity and still have a good work environment while we're all working remotely through this pandemic. And then after that, <laughs> after that, we have Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Now, some of you may know that name because I quote him, well, I guess, every other episode. And I'm, you may have heard me talk about him a few months ago when I just said, hey, Ben, ben if you're listening... I'd love for you to uh, be on the show. Now, he wasn't listening. I wish he was. Uh, he may have listened later just as, a, as a preview of the interview we did, but we were able to make a connection because I was intentional, and I put myself out there. I took the shot, and I found a way to be better tomorrow by challenging myself. Uh, if he would have turned me down, he would have been the second of my white whales to turn me down, but I was able to get an interview with him on his new book, Personality is Not Permanent. Uh, another really good book. I enjoyed reading the pre-read, and we did an interview, and that book will release in June the 16th, if I'm not mistaken, at the same time I will release the podcast, per his request. So, hope you stick around. Go ahead and subscribe to the show if you haven't already, and make sure that you get all of our episodes so that you can hear all those things and not miss a thing. And now, on to the bread of this show. Uh, I wanted to talk this month about a concept called the Dunning-Kruger Effect. If you've never heard of it by that term, you may recognize the idea if I call it the Facebook friend phenomenon. Basically, it's a cognitive bias where people with a less knowledge in a particular subject or domain tend to overestimate the amount of knowledge or skill they have in a particular domain. Some of you may be laughing now because you recognize why I call it the Facebook friend phenomenon. Because simply by reading one or two articles about a very complex topic, our Facebook friends are willing to spout off their immense sets of knowledge. I mean, how many of you now have friends from high school who are expert epidemiologists or economists or anything else for that matter? How many of us, if we're going to be fair, do the same thing? We read a few articles, usually ones that agree with us because of the confirmation bias we're all looking for. Maybe I'll cover that in a future episode. But we think we're really smart, and maybe we are intelligent, but we just don't have particular knowledge about the complexities and nuances about a particular subject. And so then we find ourselves, well, I don't know, maybe assuming a little more intelligence or understanding than we should. And that is known as the Dunning-Kruger effect. It was discovered, or at least coined, by the psychologist David Dunning and Justin Kruger many years ago, and published they published a study in 1999 called Unskilled and Unaware of It, How Difficulties in Recognizing One's Own Incompetence 
led to inflated self-assessments, which is a very psychological, wordy way to say uh, you don't know how little you know. So they did a few studies where they asked people to rate their, their understanding in a particular area, and what they found were people who were really the least qualified when they did the actual test assumed that they would be much more qualified or do much better on the tests. And those people who were going to be in the top quartile or, or, tenth or top percentage of the test actually assessed their ability beforehand on the lower side. Um, so if you can picture, if you're not looking at BeBetterTomorrow.com where I've got this image, picture a simple line graph where knowledge is going uh, from left to right and confidence is the vertical. And so you get a little bit of knowledge and your confidence shoots way up in the air. But then as you start to learn more and more about a particular subject, you also learn what it is you don't know. You learn about what were your unknown unknowns and are now your known unknowns. And so your confidence starts to dip in the middle. And so it's at that mid-range of knowledge or, or ability that we really start to feel the least confident. And then as we get more and more understanding, the confidence begins to grow again. And this is kind of the line that Dunning and Kruger established from the beginning. So early on, we hear something, we understand something, we, we read an article, and we grasp it really quickly. We get a lot of intellectual returns where we're able to say, ah, oh, yes, I know this thing now. I can speak somewhat eloquently about it. And so we think really confidently that we understand it completely. But most basic introductions of a concept, including this one, aren't going to cover the deep nuances, the exceptions, the, the whys behind it to really help you understand a concept. So what does this have to do with being better? Well, I'm glad you asked. One of the ways that we can be better is by understanding the effects that our brain is having on us involuntarily, the cognitive biases that exist in the world and in our own brains. Again, this is probably one of those things where, well, other people do this, and we can see it in other people. I mean, Bill read that one article about economics, and now he knows exactly what we should do to fix the economy and, and make everybody rich. Sure. And maybe Bill's really smart at whatever area he's in, but he read this one article, and now he thinks he's, he's genius at that. Or even better yet, when somebody has a little bit of knowledge in an area that you're actually an expert in, that's when you really start to go, oh, you read three articles. There's a really, you know, really good scene from Goodwill Hunting where this exact thing happens. If you're not familiar with the movie, Will Hunting is an uneducated quote unquote guy, but he's super smart and he's a janitor at uh, Harvard and he's been listening and following things for years and this young up and comer guy tries to make tries to embarrass somebody uh, by talking, uh, you know, intellectually about a particular topic and <laughs> Will just walks up and he says, "Hey, you probably think that because you just got out of, you know, this freshman class and you read this book, but next year you're going to read this guy and this guy and you're going to start to think this. And then you're going to read this guy and this guy and you're going to start to think that. And just embarrasses him. What's a good, good, uh, I'll maybe try to link a clip to that in the show notes because I'm sure it's around somewhere. It's a really good example of somebody who has just a little bit of knowledge spouting it off to somebody who really knows what they're talking about and them being arrogant. Here's the problem. We don't see this in ourselves. The whole concept of this Cognitive bias is you don't get it. You don't know what you don't know, and you're not really good at judging your own abilities in a particular area. So what do you do about that? Well, if you've got somebody in your life that you can ask, ask. Ask people where, where they see gaps in your skills. Maybe you ask a lot of people and make an anonymous response that they can, they can 
feel free to be honest but loving in the way they respond to let you know, hey, you're really good at these three things, but every time we talk about this, you're missing it. Maybe you should read up on that or study that or, or think about that differently. Now, most of us probably don't have relationships where they're able to do that. So the best you can do is to continually pay attention to what's going on. Understand kind of where you are in that curve. Is this something you've read a lot about? Could you teach it back to somebody effectively and efficiently? The more we know about a particular area, the more we're going to be able to do exactly that. And the more confidence we'll have. Because again, the Dunning-Kruger effect shows that once you get more than halfway, I guess, in in the knowledge on the graph, but that's really hard to gauge, you are actually an an adequate judge of your own, own abilities because you've gone through the phase of not knowing to knowing what you don't know to now actually knowing. What I found was interesting when I was you know, studying some of this for myself was this doesn't just apply to hard objective skills or knowledge. Um, there was an interesting study done uh, by Sh- uh, Sheldon, Ames, and Dunning on the effect in 2010 around emotional intelligence, where people were asked to rate their own emotional intelligence and to determine ahead of time how well they would do on a particular emotional intelligence test. Uh, if you've paid attention, you probably know the people who have loaded uh, scored in the lowest 10th percentile, 10th percentile uh, overestimated their skills drastically, and those who actually would end up scoring high on the test underestimated their abilities. I think the best thing we can all learn about this is to walk with a little bit of humility. Even if you think you know something really well, you may find that somebody else knows it uh, better than you do. And so if we can present with some couching of, of terms, but not really a lot because that gets annoying, Instead of saying, well, this is true, I've seen, this is absolutely right, I know this. Say, well, I've, I've read this, or I've, in my past experience, this has happened. This may not be the case now, but we can at least examine that. Or you know, something along those lines where you, you walk with a little bit of humility in your knowledge, and that way you can all learn together. If what you know is, is true, everyone else can learn. If what you know is false or maybe different in this particular scenario, then you can walk forward with some humility and not have to eat a whole lot of crow when you're done. What are some other solutions? Well, if maybe if you're a leader um, and you can see this in somebody or somebody's giving you permission to speak into their life, offer some training. Uh, one of the things that was found in studies about the Dunning-Kruger effect was giving people more training in a particular area gives them a better ability to judge their own ability. You know, a big solution for this as well is just getting better at metacognition. The ability to step back and examine yourself and your behavior as an outsider. People often evaluate themselves from a biased perspective. We give ourselves the benefit of the doubt, um, judge everybody else more harshly because we don't understand their motives as well as we understand our own. Sometimes it works the opposite. We know our motives are nasty, and so we judge ourselves more harshly. The other side of the Dunning-Kruger effect, which probably deserves its own show, maybe I'll get to doing a full episode at some point, is the imposter syndrome. So the imposter syndrome is kind of the opposite effect, where you really are good, you really know what you're talking about, but you're you're thinking the whole time that you're an imposter. Um, oftentimes this comes with success, where you're successful at something and you just think at some point you're going to get found out for being a fraud because you really don't deserve to be where you are. It's that lack of confidence that comes maybe in the middle or the upper tick of the curve, or maybe you never do curve up for some reason as far as the Dunning and Kruger effect goes, because you just don't have the confidence that you should in your abilities. We want to make sure that we don't trick ourselves into that, which is why getting honest assessments from folks, 
getting feedback, asking questions about what you do know, uh, and continually learning. Well, I'll help you overcome this. And if we're conscious of the way we're performing and the way we're behaving and the way we're thinking and why we're thinking the way we are, if we're, if we're journaling and processing and understanding that and working on our own metacognition, we will all be able to help somewhat avoid these behavioral biases and therefore be better tomorrow. Thanks again for listening to Be Better Tomorrow. This is Jason Fisher, and you can find all of our resources and notes at BeBetterTomorrow.com. The music you're hearing now is by Kevin McLeod of Income Tech, released under Creative Commons 3.0 share-like license, as is BeBetterTomorrow.com. So you can use this show and any non-commercial endeavor as long as you give me credit. And I'll do the same for you anytime in the future. So until next time, I hope you will find something to do today so you can be better tomorrow. Tomorrow.